Welcome back to episode four of Songwriting Saves the World. We have a special guest today, Callista Garcia. Hello. Yeah, there she I'm is. So excited to be here. We're really excited to have you. Yes, thanks for coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited to be here and catch up with you, Sasha. <laughs> and it's so nice to meet you too. It's lovely meeting you. Yeah, me and Callista yeah. know each other from Grammy Camp and a past We've life together. possibly and a past life yeah possibly <laughs> <laughs> some spiritual connection yeah She's one of my favorite people to write with legit oh stop so i'm very excited to be here You're so yeah. nice okay we're gonna do an intro <laughs> for you we're gonna do say awesome. all the accolades everything that you have <laughs> calista garcia young singer songwriter so talented she has an ep out called wild woman it's awesome. so good i personally love it i listen to jezebel all the time you know i do <laughs> all the time that's my favorite song from it um if this is right she was it was nominated for best roots country ep in the 2020 um independent music awards that's that so cool and also it has won multiple nominations and awards for the International Acoustic Music Awards, the International Songwriting Competition, and the Mid-Atlantic Songwriting Contest. All yeah. true. That's insane. Yeah. What a queen. <laughs> and you are, is it a three-time Young Arts winner? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. She says, I guess so. Casual. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. F- I guess yeah. I did do that. Flip the hair. <laughs> I, and I love I, how Sasha's fact-checking as she's reading it. She's like, is that true? It. Is that I right? <laughs> I just want to confirm. I mean, I did get this no, yeah. all from your yeah. website, but I also <laughs> from all your good, beautiful website. And she's a oh, two-time yeah. Grammy Camp alum, which Ooh. I'm a one-time Grammy Camp alum, so she one-upped me on that. As well as in every other category. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we're so excited to have Calista Garcia. Dear friend. We wanted to start off with a little game that we play here now that we have guests. Mm -hmm. A game. game. Yes, a game. It's like our version (laughs) of F. Mary Kill, Mm -hmm. but like musical. (laughs) Musical. So it's called Right Tour Tank. Perfect. And the three (laughs) options are Joni Mitchell, Stevie Nicks, and Billy Joel. Yep. Oh, Lord. Right for tank. <laughs> this is really hard. Oh, wow. You're really... And when you're, at me. R- when you're touring with the person, you can only tour with them. Like, you don't write with them on tour. Oh, buddy. Okay. Is it them now? Um, Them at whatever stage in their life or career you would have just loved the most. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> word. Yeah, word. Um, Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is going to be controversial and perhaps surprising, mm. but uh, I'm I'm going to have to tank Stevie. <gasps> wow. I'll tell you why. No. I'll tell you why. Wait, that is surprising. Because in terms of her catalog, mm-hmm. I love her catalog, but it's the smallest catalog. Oh, yeah. Because Fleetwood Mac, it's just Stevie. It's not Fleetwood Mac. Oh, so that's a loophole. Because of that, because of that, I have to do it because Joni is my goddess. Yeah. So I, I think I would tour with Joni because mm. that sounds like a ride, mm-hmm. and I think I would write with Billy Joel. Mm. 
you know that's a good that's a good choice and nice logic there with the catalog that was thing. smart a little loophole i didn't yeah, even think I of feel, that i feel like i've insulted stevie nicks no it's okay that's okay i you think gotta, do it. gotta play the game <laughs> yeah you gotta, <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do sorry stevie. <laughs> hey, give us a little background on your musical journey and how you got to where you are now mm-hmm. yeah yeah i can um <laughs> Ooh, it's been an interesting path for me. Um, I've been playing music for a long time. Mm-hmm. My parents are both interested in music. My dad's been in like little garage bands slash Bruce Springsteen Sick. borderline cover bands <laughs> uh, since high school. And my mom um, plays flute. She minored in musical theater. She mm. sings. So I grew up harmonizing with her and. I grew up when I think of CDs that the three records that made me who I am that would always play in the car is um and you can I feel like you can completely hear it in my work actually <laughs> that's what I was listening to when I was like five six um Beatles compilation mm. that my aunt made there was that um the one soundtrack oh, yeah. of the movie oh, oh um, yeah Glenn Hansard cool which totally made me the angsty folk rock gal I am today <laughs> It's all because of him. And um, the Curious George soundtrack. No way. Do you, Jack Johnson. Do you know the Upside yeah. Down? Upside Down. Of course I do. I loved that song. I still do. Still do yeah. love that song. Wait. I still listen to, like, That's I have, so like, cool. four songs from that record yeah. on my Spotify. And it's so good. <laughs> that song is so <laughs> sweet and inspirational, and I just love it. It's amazing. It makes me feel better. I, oh, that whole album is really stellar, yeah. actually. What the heck? Yeah, I, I still that. stand by that. I love that you said that. <laughs> yeah, those are the three albums that I think made me. And let me see what else. I I was in a middle school girl band. Mm. In middle school, we were all female. We had like outfits. That's cool. We would play Fleetwood Mac covers and such. That's and so cool. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> it's it's pretty. There's some funny footage out there. <laughs> That's we, so funny. Oh um, <laughs> I did some theatrical stuff. Writing for theater in middle school, mm-hmm. and ended up writing a musical. Okay, because it said on your website "Crystal Skies," like that's like that's yeah. a musical, and I just wrote on my Google Doc "Crystal Skies?" question mark Because I was like, <laughs> yeah. I never heard her talk about this. Like, what is this musical? Yeah, I did. I did write a musical junior year. That's and crazy. I put it up that I musical directed it, and yeah. Wow. <laughs> cool. Um. It's it's kind of it's it's um it's a super different field. Mm-hmm. I think it's still songwriting. It's right. absolutely song, you know, but it's like a different cultural world, musical world uh-huh. than I think the artist side, so it's sort of a um yeah. That's <laughs> to like try to be like, "Oh, I'm the folk rock chick." Also, also I, I wrote I a musical. Um there's <laughs> like a thousand different things. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of a separation, so I think for simplicity's sake, I think those communities sort of live separately for me mm. right now. But they'll hopefully they'll merge. Someday. Do you we'll find see. that like it's different? Like how is it different writing songs like for a musical versus your typical Joni Mitchell honestly, type style? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's honestly easier. Really? Because I think you would, um, knowing how you write, you would relate to this. Um, it's like it's kind of like writing for, um, for pitch. Oh, 
Yeah, oh, it was sort of like, like really Grammy Camp when they said like write for this artist. Yeah, you know, it's like write for a specific prompt. If you make a prompt mm-hmm. for yourself, it's also like because it, it feels like a small cog in a larger thing. Yeah. Sometimes like when I'm writing a song, I'm like, man, this song has to be so good. You know, it kind of yeah. takes away the pressure of not knowing what you want it to be except you want it to be perfect, and then instead you can be like, oh, this is a little song for this character, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it kind of because it's part of a bigger thing. It kind of, like, it would, you wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to do any of the musical if I, like, really got hung up on song mm-hmm. to song. That so makes sense. So it kind sense. of is, like, a. Yeah. Kind of like how co-writes can be less pressured. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah, because yeah, it's not trying to, it's, like, you're not trying to encapsulate the whole musical in one song, of course. So it's kind of, like, Absolutely. it gives you more of a place to work within. Callista? You are very inspiring to me. You have this kind of hippie folk, (laughs) like, magical vibe about you that I feel. (laughs) So you kind of covered this, like, in what, like, other artists inspire you. Mm -hmm. And Curious George (laughs) soundtrack being one of those, which I love. But, like, besides, like, other artists that you look up to, like, what inspires you, like, do you get inspiration from like your life or events that happen to you or just like other people or like where does that I don't know where does that usually come from for you or like what are some cool Um, moments of that really really what it what it um what it is I found is Mm -hmm. just over analyzing everything (laughs) (laughs) except for the songs except for the songs because if you over analyze your songs and you'll it can be a non-starter in your head but um it is it can be from my life. Sometimes mm-hmm. my songs are very, very personal. Um, <laughs> actually, very often, I tend to write that way. Uh-huh. It is what it is. But sometimes I'll openly... Like Jezebel. This was the case with Jezebel. Mm-hmm. I was Jezebel was about something that wasn't a big deal. Really? And I was like, I'm going to ham this up to the end. I'm going to ham this and, up. Like, kind of for, for irony's sake, I was like, the first line... I was like, it's funny how this isn't that big a deal to me. So the first line's going to be... It's everything to me. That's so <laughs> it funny. everything to me. No way. Because I thought that was kind of funny. It really wasn't that deep. Um, <laughs> it was more the principle of the matter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, like, overanalyzing. So sometimes it'll be, like, overanalyzing characters, uh-huh. um, people in my life, sometimes movies and such, mm-hmm. TV shows, um, things like that. Once in a while, like, I'll hear a phrase and I'll be like, that's just, like, so funny or interesting and yeah i'm just gonna use that because that's i had the i was interested in the idea of like an old stuff when they like lasso down the moon like, <laughs> I, I heard that somewhere and i was like yeah oh oh it's from uh it's a wonderful life oh oh yeah yeah it's cool like, oh, grab a la- lasso and and because i kind of like weird old cowboy stuff and things mm-hmm. like that so i kind of like, i added that into i love that little things i've done and a lot of weird that's crazy kind of escapism that's just sort of what i'm what i'm into that that's blows my I'm mind into. that jezebel wasn't a big deal because, <laughs> because that like shakes my world i swear <laughs> but here's the here's the thing uh-huh. is that like here's the thing about songs <laughs> and this Let was actually <laughs> actually every single song except no actually actually every single song i was gonna say mm-hmm. except stuck but every single one um, sometimes I write songs about, well, I don't know, not really about, but they will relate to me uh-huh. at a later date. 
Oh, that happens to me and too. And they'll be a bigger deal to me. There's some songs that I even like, they freak me out. Like one, I was like, oh, I, I, I wrote this song and I was like, I, I didn't like a bridge on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this song sucks. Let me put it away. And then like, <laughs> I had no idea what it was about. And then I wrote, I like returned to it a year later. Uh-huh. Like, what if I just took out the bridge? Like, it's fine. And it was freaky like freakily applicable to my they current can, like, life predict in a way future. that it just wasn't before yeah i was that is so i was like <laughs> callisto what did you what did you do <laughs> okay so that's first of all proof that you're like magic like we knew yeah, that like, that's witchy energy, <laughs> that's right witchy energy. but also <laughs> i totally know what you mean because i'm working on a song right now which actually ari you ari from grammy camp is ari. producing and helping me with it Amazing. but i had like I didn't really know what I was writing about. I was like, I had written all this stuff, just kind of like lyrics. I was like, I think that sounds cool. Like it kind of relates to what I'm saying, whatever. But I was like, I don't really know how this relates to me now. Like how this really tells a story. And then, and then it was like two weeks after I, just like two weeks after I wrote the second verse and I was talking to Unique and I was like reading you through the lyrics, trying to be like, oh, this doesn't like, does this make sense? I don't know if this makes sense. And then I was reading it and I was like, wait, it does make sense. Like, what was I talking yeah. about? Like, I totally know what I was trying to say back then, but I, I know yeah. now. It's also, like, I found um, that, like, Jezebel, the thing with Jezebel is, like, Jezebel was in this situation. Mm-hmm. How would I feel? Like, let's yeah. go there, mm-hmm. sort of. And... Um, me as person, Wild Woman 2 is the other big example of this on the record mm-hmm. of, like, a song coming back and relating more. Wild Woman's about, um, like, caring too much. Mm. And, like, that's what it's about, you know? Or, thank you. <laughs> or, or rejection, basically. And, yeah, and thinking that people want you to be a certain mm. way, sort of. So, I, that related again. I wrote it way before I recorded it, actually, but, um. Yeah. I re- recorded it, and it was relating right then when I tracked it, and I was like, this is, That's this is crazy. in a different way. But it's what it is is that, like, you write, you, you know, when you write emotional songs, mm-hmm. anyone, you emote the way you would. Yeah. And, like, you can't change who you are. So, Jezebel, I did put, I actually, I did put a lot of myself in. Yeah. And when I feel those things again, I'm going to feel it the same way because I'm me. Yeah, sort of. I get you that. Know? And Jezebel, Jezebel, like, I listen to that song when, like, I'm feeling, like, big things. And I'm, like, I literally, like, I listen and I, like, dance around my room with my, like, microphone (laughs) turned off at, like, the part, at, like, kind of the second verse when you go, like, just leave us alone, like, Jezebel. And I'm, like, that part really gets me. I don't know. So it's crazy that that, where that came from. Was, like, I've almost cried during performances playing it later, though. <laughs> like, it's, you know, like it's 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 hit me there. Yeah. So in creating the EP, because you said that there were songs that it took you a while to record. How long did it take you to make the whole EP? Like oh. writing all the songs and then deciding that you were actually gonna put them out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, I've been trying to make an EP. It had, to be honest, it had. This sounds like a flex but it's not it's more about my (laughs) inability to get things recorded I think um Uh I'd wanted to make an EP since freshman year Mm. and I'd even like recorded some but then they weren't mastered enough and by the time I wanted to 
put them out, I'd written way better songs. One, mm-hmm. two, my voice had changed. That always dropped, happens. And that kept happening. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, I was trying to make this EP, truly, since, like, freshman mm-hmm. year. It did not happen <laughs> till senior year. Um, I had, like, over a hundred songs, mm-hmm. but I was... <laughs> I just we just finally grinded and we're like this is what we're it's gonna, gonna put out. I'm happy now. with it. I like yeah. how it sounds. Have to commit. Um, I re- yeah, and I really liked um, the guys I worked with, Chip and Kit at uh, Randall Chip and Kit. That's studio. so cute. Yeah, they're amazing, <laughs> and they played everything that I didn't play. So mm. Kit would be like, "Oh, you know, let me hop on the piano mm. and drums, and then let me play accordion." And it was like on my like the, it was cool. all. Um, and it was very, it felt very, like, I was able to have a lot of musical sounds I wanted on it because yeah. of that. But also, it felt, it still felt really homey because we were just, like, it's a, a nice place, but it, it's, his basement studio stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. We were all doing gang vocals in the bathroom, <laughs> including my mom. That's so cute. My mom cute. was on it, too. The four of us were just, like, tracking a bunch of them. Aww. And, yeah, the, um, the footage of me laughing and stuck was... I recorded that here, and it was just me and my little brother. I was like, I want to laugh on it. Huh. Uh, Joni's done that, yeah. and Paul Simon's it's done iconic. that. I wanted that vibe. And so I was like, Lex, I need to laugh. And so he was, I had head earbuds in, and I was watching Vines with my oh, little brother. Oh, perfect. And that's perfect. actually what it is. That's so funny. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so, wait, that's so cool. How did you find, like, who are Chip and Kate? Like, how did you find them, like, as a high schooler, like, and get yeah to do that so i had started working with a guy named todd wright mm. who's in in my town area mm-hmm. um, because i had a voice teacher who worked with him and the, the dc scene is like fairly i've been playing out since i was 10 and so it was damn um it's you kind of you run into people and it's not it's not a huge circle mm-hmm. but um i started doing these christmas shows with todd love it already um <laughs> He always had these guys who had a producer who were producer friends of his, mm-hmm. um, Chip and Kit, who would always be there and play. Cool. And so I sort of knew them. I played with them technically through that, but you don't practice. You just kind of pull up. Yeah. But um, it was super fun. And also he, Todd, has a pub deal, and he would work with young artists and co-write with them oh, cool. trained and, like, have them do session vocals. So I was doing that a lot. That's cool. Um, in high school. So, like, I we wrote, like, a a j-pop song oh, all this random it. stuff so it got me comfortable with co-writes yeah um, and i asked him i was like todd what do you recommend and cool. we technically traded files with chip and kit and he's like yeah work with them they're really good they're very organic and stuff like that so that's cool that's how it happened wow love that that's such a sweet yeah. story and it had such a good result and my life would not be as good as it is now if jezebel <laughs> didn't exist just quite frankly oh. <laughs> So you've been writing for a long time and co-writing in high school. Um, but, like, when did you – and you said you were playing out since you were 10, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Because when I was 10, I was doing nothing of the sort. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll clarify. I was bad. <laughs> I need to clarify that. Well, I wasn't, like, good. You <laughs> brave, okay, to be, like, doing shows when you were a little bean. But, like, when, so when did you start writing songs if you were, like, performing since the age of 10? Same, same age. 10. I wasn't playing out originals, but yeah, at 10. Okay. But I, I was writing since then. 
What do you think, yeah. like, called you to that? Because, like, I know oh. I, like, always did. I had, like, a songbook thing that I called a songbook mm-hmm. in elementary school. And it was it was more like poems with melodies is what it was. But I didn't, cool. like, use instruments or anything yet. But I, was, I always wonder, like, why did I start doing that? Because I always feel kind of this, like, this commonality with, like, songwriters that I meet. And I feel like I bond with them really fast because there must be some, like, personality trait that makes people <laughs> randomly find that on their own because it's like why like why did yeah. you start do i don't know not that you would have an answer for this because like i don't have an answer for myself for this but yeah yeah i don't um, know either i have i mean okay there's the like psychological answer that's more <laughs> the second part of your question right and then there's the i honestly thought like when i was younger everyone that i heard like on the radio wrote the song they were singing. oh yeah i totally thought that too. oh i did too. <laughs> so i was like if you want to be a singer you sing your thoughts, mm. you know, and I thought they were things that happened to these people. So I was like, that, that is how sense. you be a musician. Yeah. You know, I was like, you sing your own songs. And that's actually kind of not the case. Yeah. But I, I didn't know the complicated matters of it. Um, so I really thought that was like what you do. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of all there was to it. And like, if I want to be a singer. You have to write. I, and I want to not do covers and I write. Yeah, you know? that makes I, sense. But also on a deeper level i guess i mean it's sort of a, mm-hmm, a desire to be understood i've kind of said mm-hmm. this like why i keep writing all the time and why i don't think i can mm-hmm. stop is because i it's it's like for me it's like um having like something on the tip of your tongue yeah you know yeah and you're like it's this constant like mm, i need y'all to <laughs> Uh, hear me pick up what i'm putting down like i need you to understand <laughs> the thoughts that are going pick on in my what brain I'm putting down and i feel like you don't <laughs> hey guys, like a little bit you know <laughs> yeah not now but you will after you listen to this yeah, yeah or or maybe they never will and honestly if they do completely understand me then I, that would be like done yeah you'd be like so, what do i do now <laughs> i know it's a lost cause but i keep trying to like show aspects of myself that makes sense the human desire to Feel understood. Mm. I like this lesson yeah. in psychology that we have gotten. <laughs> I wanted to ask about like Belmont, and um, you decided to go to college for music. Like pros and cons. Why did you make that choice? Ooh. What was your experience like? What has it been like? Yeah, we are currently in an interesting, interesting right. time and space of my life where. I'm not sure whether I will be returning next fall or not. Interesting. I think it's valuable. I think music education is from doing. Uh Uh-huh. I agree. For the most part. And I think that having, you know, being able to work with young people and all that is kind of, like, it is hugely, hugely important to, like, meet peers and things like that. Like, I just have to be really grateful and feel lucky <laughs> in a little because here's the, the thing is I have been really blessed and lucky to have been doing that for a while right through Grammy camp yeah and young arts and I did some Berkeley five-week program right so I've had that experience mm-hmm. um and so it sort of is that experience except that it is 
less Taylor made, and it's all it's, right. it's like about the the life lessons and such. I'm grateful. I've met some really cool yeah. People you know there. that makes sense such. though because you have like of all the stuff that you've done throughout like before you went to college, a lot of collaboration, mm-hmm. a lot of meeting other young songwriters, and you yeah. like were really put yourself out there and did loads and like. I think it makes sense that you would feel like, oh, I kind of have that foundation already. Yeah. You don't necessarily need that from college. I mean, it's definitely something that I think about being, like, still, like, because applying I to college. I think a lot of people yeah. go for, too. Like yeah. A lot of people go for the connections. Yeah. And to meet the people that they're going to co-write with and collaborate with into the future. Um, and so if you already yeah. have that foundation, I don't know how necessary it would be. If you yeah. have a lot of knowledge around it too, prior to going to college, I think that makes sense. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I feel like a, I feel like a better than better than a hole being. No, like, oh, no, I've already done this. You know, no, I don't want to be not. like that. So I just you know it comes down to, I'm really grateful. I'm mm-hmm. really grateful and lucky to like, even to have these thoughts to have had the experience. Yeah, that like, makes sense. I definitely think that you can gain a lot from it, but it's just situational. It depends on who mm-hmm. it is and definitely how situational. much experience you have going into it. <laughs> Absolutely. I say, oh, yeah, definitely. Knowing nothing about it, having never gone to a music college. I'm like, yeah, it's definitely situational. Yeah. Me in my head being like, what do I do? Do I go to music college? I have no yeah. idea what's going on. So the topic being like inspiration and creativity, which is what we've touched on throughout this, um, people obviously get like spurts of creativity right sometimes you're like oh I really need to write a song or something I really want to say and you're like oh my god let me run to a guitar or whatever get my voice memo app up but like people who are going to be musicians for their whole lives or want to be like or like if you're a songwriter and you're like well shizzle I have to write a song every day right like (laughs) like can we talk about like spurts of creativity versus like long-term creativity like how do you keep it up and how do you like keep yourself inspired and not from like not getting exhausted by it and stuff like that so I've been (laughs) it's been interesting I've written more this year Mm -hmm. than I've ever written like I just especially during quarantine yeah and what's really interesting about it I'm gonna be very very open here yes please do Um, is that I find it's like very addicting. It's like I'll be like, oh, I wrote like two songs in the last two days, uh-huh. and then in the third day, if I can't write something, I'm like, oh no, it's it's very odd. Yeah, like, I get in that. some ways, but um, I find it's it's the overanalyzing thing. It's it's sort of a different, more frenetic way of thought. It's it's I found mm. myself to be also becoming more frenetic through writing more just sort of being a little more wispy all over the place (laughs) (laughs) and frankly (laughs) and also um and like just like a bunch of random overanalyzing thoughts coming through yeah sort of need a channel that makes sense and if they don't have a channel then I could potentially turn them on by myself we don't (laughs) want to do that so we channel it into the music um sort of but um, another really, I guess the other thing to do is to sort of, it's about not thinking your song is the end-all, be-all. True. <laughs> That's so true. Taking that pressure off, I think, is the big thing. Yeah. I, I'm not saying this as someone who has it together, but I find 
with a, like a Jezebel situation, if you are upset about it in that moment, you're less likely to write your strongest song about it. I totally agree. When you're clear-headed later. I totally agree. I can never write about something mm-hmm. like when or I can, but it's always trash. Like if I'm like actually really upset about something yeah. in the moment, it like yeah. I think when we wrote Morning Song together, it was something it was something <laughs> that you were really upset about in the moment, but I think that's why it was such a good pair because it was like you had this emotion and then I could be like the filter for that, which was so yeah. cool. Absolutely. And it, but it's kind of like when you're writing alone, if you don't have that, then writing kind of after the fact is your filter because your perspective is Absolutely. your filter. Yeah, I definitely think you need to take steps back from it so you can really fully grasp the, situ- grasp the situation yeah. because if not, you're so like flustered and just irritated. You can't really think straight. But I agree. Then it kind of, you know, it comes out, it translates into music. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think what you said about like um, not thinking your song has to be the end-all be-all or like encompass everything me and Anique were literally talking about this yesterday because I was saying I was saying like I can never write something like every time I use the word vibe a lot when I'm writing okay it's kind of a flaw (laughs) but I'm always like guys like relax we don't have to like make this a whole extravaganza like it's just a vibe but that's me like calming my mind to be like this doesn't have to be an epic fairy tale that has everything that like encompasses all of human experience in one song like this is a moment it's a feeling it's like a flash fiction whatever and I think that's really helpful I think that that's like a huge like key thing to like being able to write a lot all the time is to take the Mm -hmm. freaking weight off of every song yeah yeah for real let it breathe literally (laughs) let it breathe sort of and that doesn't mean, like, it won't be good. Like, the best songs come from when you're relaxed, I think. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think that if you take the pressure off, you'll probably mm-hmm. do a lot better than you would if you were stressed out about it. Because I remember at the beginning of this quarantine, I was really stressed because I was mm-hmm. thinking about the fact that I have all this free time. And I'm like, I need to be writing yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. I need to be doing all these creative things. But the more mm-hmm. pressure I put on myself, I wasn't writing. I was just yeah. stressed yeah. out mm-hmm. about not writing. And then once so I true. finally took a step back and I was like, it's okay, and there are other creative outlets, <laughs> and just don't stress yourself out. It's okay. That's when I started writing again. Yeah. Exactly. That it's you can't also like get the inspiration. Okay, if your inspiration's a person, then you can't like keep like kicking it and expecting it to work. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you can't be like you're garbage. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and expect it to like. <laughs> function correctly like oh my god that's such a good metaphor like to personify inspiration it's like stop being such a bully like just let it let this person relax (laughs) yeah they're trying to vibe yeah jeez oh my god do you think that inspiration is contagious yes yeah i definitely think so too me too i um i was having this thought lately something my dad told me and this was also something that just made me feel way better Mm -hmm. about you know worldly circumstances and that was that um it was like a Beatles interview Mm -hmm. and they had asked Paul about George Harrison Mm. and they said hey how come you guys were sleeping on George as a writer the first couple (laughs) records like he was barely writing anything Uh he's one of the greatest writers of our time like what's the deal Mm -hmm. and they said Paul said he said um (laughs) He just wasn't that interested really? um, in writing at the time. He didn't really think he could do it. He wasn't a writer. Uh-huh. And then 
being around the creative energy of Paul and John for that long built him up to that it level. Because, like, it. I would always think, like, how did the Beatles have three of the strongest writers of all time? Yeah. Coming from one little town, being with their basically kids. Uh-huh. It's because they were able to feed off each other. Yeah, that's so true. That's such a nice example. Yeah, because honestly, I'm not gonna not trying to compare, like, grammy camp or nyu whatever to like the beatles not not in any not in any world but like i know what you mean i like felt i like felt so much stronger as a writer after like meeting you guys and like the uh, like other people from these things and like a bunch of like young songwriters just like hanging out and like sharing their work with each other like builds up like confidence and ideas and like creative energy like nothing else so and it's like, like you absolutely. feel it instantly too as soon yeah. as you walk into the room like the first day that you're there you're just like wow oh like my you god feel yeah. that energy and you're just so absolutely. excited to keep creating yeah and that's i think co-writing that's why i love co-writing so much because mm-hmm. like Me i too. try to schedule like a lot of co-writes like especially now since i have the time in quarantine like doing like facetiming people like like several times a week in co-writing and i'm always like oh my god am i gonna not be able to do am i gonna get like burned out but then I'm, like, somebody, like, comes on to, like, a call, onto like, a FaceTime writing session, and they're, like, oh, I have this idea, I'm so excited, and then I'm, like, oh, my God, I'm excited again, just like that, like, mm-hmm. I'm immediately excited by this, you just hear something that's, like, cool or connects with you, and it's back. A lot of songwriters' fears that I've heard a lot of people say is, like, what if I never write a good song again? And I've heard so many people say that, and, like, I've felt that, too, but then... I mean, I look at, like, I'm like, okay, Sasha, you've been writing for this many years, and, like, whenever you think you've written something good, you always, you've always topped it, you've always written something you like better after that, but there also is always that, like, thought, like, oh my gosh, what if it runs out? What if this, like, whatever is giving me ideas stops? I get that. I get that all the time. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. Yeah, I think you can just draw inspiration from so many different places and from so many different people, and I think that co-writing definitely helps with that. Yeah. Like how you were just saying, you you know, someone comes on a call, they have this idea, and then you're excited about it, and you're writing about that. Mm-hmm. So I just, even though I think that we all think that sometimes, and we're like, oh my god, this is it. Yeah, like, this is I it. I never think of anything. <laughs> Especially, it's over. Like, I was yeah. thinking about Maggie Rogers the other day, mm-hmm. when we were talking about this topic, and how she was saying that there was, you know, a moment in time where she just couldn't write anything. Mm-hmm. And she was saying mm-hmm. that her teachers at NYU, like, all her professors were getting upset with her. And she just wasn't writing. And then she just got, like, this burst of inspiration and then wrote the rest of her yeah. album, like, Forget in a Past Life. Periods where I haven't written, actually, the slow, a, a slow period I had was actually right before Grammy Camp. Really? Yeah. Cool. Uh, not, I, I wrote some things, but yeah. I wrote less that summer. Mm-hmm. And I think I wanted to with the free time and all. Um, and I kind of realized after that I was in a headspace that was not treating me. You, you know, it, it was, there's always kind of a reason for it. Yeah. If you just, like, stop. Definitely. There's always a reason for it. And once you kind of deal with that within yourself, mm-hmm. you can go back and write about whatever chaos was ensuing you. Before, yeah. More clear-headedly later. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think, there, you know, you think of kind of older artists and artists that you think, like, they're not writing anymore. Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Um what I imagine it comes down to, and, like, my friends who struggle, it's always because they're, they're kicking the... Um, inspiration person? Inspiration person. <laughs> and they're telling them they're bad, 
Yeah. And yeah, it, the, like the sort of the harder you are on yourself, the harder it is. That's so true. And that's the problem. It could be a vicious cycle. Um, yeah. I think. I do agree. Yeah. We I said this in the last podcast episode. I said be gentle with yourself, and I don't. I so even true. forget what it was re- what it related to, but that also applies about now. working if new parts of music like if it's something you have oh yeah that's before. what we were saying yeah just be gentle with yourself i mean it matters so much to like to be creative because it's just like you're not creative when you're feeling uptight and when you're feeling stressed out and you just you're fine like it's not gonna go away you're gonna write good songs again you're gonna write bad songs again you're gonna write loads and I always think, like, if I don't have any ideas or if I'm like, oh, my life is so boring, like, nothing is happening to me that's inspiring me. And then I'm like, well, I have, like, I have hopefully, knock on wood, a lot of years left (laughs) in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, there are going to be so many things that happen that, like, I run home and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to write a song about that. And I don't even, they they haven't happened yet. So just, like, relax. Mm -hmm. It's all going to be fine. And if you're a songwriter ever i think you'll be one forever <laughs> and i don't know how good this is for life but it's great for writing <laughs> but it's like you know when like you're you're in the shower you're in the mirror and you're like what if this old argument i'd said oh this. i do that all the time <laughs> it's doing that about like everything in your life yeah that's so true <laughs> you're like what if i went back to this and we really thought about this again and you can you can kind of do that forever. You can I juice think. things for a while. <laughs> I love that. You can, you can yeah. juice things for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, there's some situations <laughs> or, like, some just, like, things that have happened in my life that I've written so many songs about. And it's not like I always oh. have a new perspective. It's just, like, if I'm – when I, it's just, like, the last resort thing. If I'm thinking of ideas and there isn't something else, my brain's just like, mm, this again. We're still mad about that, right? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, we are. And then <laughs> remember that time yeah remember that time this happened i'm like oh do i remember (laughs) (laughs) oh do i (laughs) there's some things that just stick thank you so much for coming on to this podcast i was gonna say show to the show (laughs) of course i had such a great time everyone go listen to calista's um work stream her ep wild woman yeah She's a legend. (laughs) Okay. My song of the week this week is The Trees Still Know by our wonderful friend, Carmen. That's a great Spotify named Cara's. This is our friend Carmen from Italy. She just released a song, and it's kind of about, like, quarantine and about what everyone's going through, and it's absolutely beautiful. There's, like, some lines in there that are just, like, so emotional and perfect. Like, she says, um, the trees still know the season's going on. The traffic lights still work. Might as well not. As we know, like, Italy has been quarantined for a long time. And she's there. So she wrote this beautiful song about it. And the song itself, just, like, the production has such kind of, like, a melancholy but, like, hopeful energy that I just really really love and yeah i've been listening to it a lot and just feeling my emotions that was such a great pick that's a wonderful song everyone should definitely stream it yeah she it's so beautiful it's so beautiful 
Okay, your turn. Yeah, I, was, I didn't even want to say mine. Go, you. <laughs> That's just better. <laughs> <laughs> no. You got this. What is it? Um, Mine is I Lost a Friend by Phineas. Mm. I have, this is another song that has remained, like, a staple, great, like, one of my favorite songs. Mm, yeah. And it was one of, I think it was one of my most played songs of 2019. No way. And I just started listening to it again. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I just, I well, love this no song. wonder. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I just, I think the production on this song is fantastic. The way that it builds throughout the song is uh-huh. incredible. And I feel like it really hits you like a truck because of that. Mm. Like, the lyrics are really great. But on top of that, what really just, like, ties it so beautifully is definitely the production. Yeah. And uh, 100%, definitely listen to it if you haven't. I'm sure a lot of people have. Yeah. But it's just a great song. And awesome. The lyrics, I think, are so descriptive and just so interesting and the way that he did the first and second verse the rhyme schemes and everything is just great so definitely check it out yay okay woman of the week my woman of the week is someone we were talking about just the other day with imogen um amy allen no way no did you pick amy that's allen that's yeah no way <laughs> that's so funny no way yeah. I guess no wonder because I was, we were both I was we were talking about her. two people, yeah. And then I, after we were talking about her, I was like, that's who it is. Amy Allen. Okay, well, well, ditto. I picked Amy Allen. I was just going to say, <laughs> she's an amazing songwriter. She wrote Back to You by Selena Gomez. She wrote Without Me by Halsey. She wrote When You're Ready from the last Shawn Mendes album. She just, she, do- <laughs> she does it all. She's written loads She's of good stuff. You. Oh, she wrote a door. How could I forget? By yeah, I was waiting the for King that one. Harry Styles. Oh my God, I feel so bad that I forgot that one. She wrote "Adore You" <laughs> by Harry Styles, which is just so good. I'm obsessed with her. You're obsessed with yeah. her. Imogen's obsessed with her. Amy Allen is the queen. That's our woman of the week. That's our. And <laughs> you know what? Right before this, I was like, "Watch Sasha pick the same person." No way. Did you think that? I really did. <laughs> I was like, okay, I committed to Amy and Alan because I was stuck between her and someone else. Uh-huh. So I'll just do next week. <laughs> and then I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, we did just talk about her. I wonder if Sasha's going to pick the same person. That's so funny. I'm smiling so big right now. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode four. Guest Callista Garcia. Tune in next week. Mwah. Bye. Even in the dark, I see your face.